0: I'd like to thank Motley Fool for sponsoring this episode. I've said before on ads that looking after yourself financially gets harder and harder with the cost of everything going up. Being a tight Scotsman, I use every method I can possible to save a little here or make the most of what I have there. Motley Fool is one way that you can definitely look to maximise your income from investments. The age of stock picking is here with towering inflation and elevating interest rates. Sticking your money in a passive market just isn't going to get you what it you to but it doesn't mean you have to abandon the market there are still ways to invest for the future you just need to know where to look which is where the motley fool comes in the motley fool stock advisor service highlights two stocks each and every month for members to add to their portfolios and it literally is paid to listen to them historically their average stock recommendation is up over 400 percent as of april 10th 2023 and listeners of that UFO podcast can now access Motley Fool Stock Advisor for just eighty-nine dollars for their first year, a full one hundred and ten dollars off the list price. What are you waiting for? Visit full.com forward slash that UFO. That's F-O-O-L dot com slash T H A T U F O to start your investing journey today. discount off of $199 per year list price. Membership will renew annually at the then current list price.
1: This is Ross Coulthard and you are listening to That UFO Podcast.
0: Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast, a bit of a delayed breaking news podcast because at this point it's no longer breaking news, but it is a breakdown and I've got joining me for this
1: um, three quarters of Dan's head. Dan, welcome. Hi, hi. I'll sit back a little bit. You can see the <laughs> whole head. Uh, yeah. In Vermont, we only have three quarter heads, so you, you know, yeah. it is what it is.
0: <laughs> um, Dan, is there a, a noise in the background on your recording? Can you hear that? No. Oh, is it the sound of a whistle blowing, Dan? Ah,
1: ah. yeah. See what I done there. That's <laughs> good. There's yeah. a referee over here blowing a whistle. Is that?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be it. Yeah. Um. So listen, this is to talk about. Well, the whistleblower that has actually come forward. Um, apologies to Stephen Bassett, who, if he's listening to this, is screaming that he's a witness. <laughs> but um, think like that is this guy a whistleblower? Te- technicalities. I know we get messages about this sometimes, but. Yeah, he is blowing the whistle because he's left. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I yeah. guess he is. And, and you know, the investigation is not complete. So I would say in a loose sense, he satisfies the term. But again, when when I was making the thumbnail for this, I put whistleblower on it originally. And I was like, Steve, a little Steve Bass on my shoulder yelling at me. So Yeah,
0: don't do it, Dan. Don't do it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So if you're unsure of what's been going on the last few days, uh, on Monday, it seems like a long time ago, Monday the 7th, Six. Very professional. Fifth of June. <laughs> um, a bit out of nowhere for most people, uh, including myself. I didn't know it was coming. Um, an article dropped on the debrief around midday UK. Uh, I missed it for a couple of hours, just busy with work, uh, but it certainly dropped the, the cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, at least, where Leslie Kane and Ralph Blumenthal, New York Times journalists, many folks will recognise their names, previous guests on the show, but that's not what they're best known by, obviously. Um, They are famously two-thirds of the trio, along with Helene Cooper, who broke the December 2017 New York Times article that everyone knows, loves, and or hates. Um, They dropped a new article through the debrief run by Tim McMillan, Micah Hanks, and others. Basically, with the first whistleblower on record, but not just an anonymous source. We have David Grush, former senior intelligence officer, 36 years old. I mean, my God, 36. Like, I mean,
1: that was only last year for me or a few He's months so ago. so accomplished. I feel this yeah. way when I read about Taylor Swift as well, 33 and all of her accomplishments, and I'm just yeah. like... And
0: I'm, you feel I, like, oh. I stay in bed
1: till 10, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and this guy has made a name for himself overnight worldwide. So, Dan, essentially... David Grush has come forward and we're going to talk through the details of what's happened the last few days. It's been a bit wild and we're doing this a little bit off the cuff with plenty of notes. David Grush has sat down in an interview with Leslie and Ralph and also Ross Coulter, we'll get to that as well, and talked about how he knows the US government is in possession of retrieved non-human technology, bits of craft, intact craft, and there's chat about bodies as well. That's, That's the big headline grabber there, isn't it?
1: yeah yeah absolutely there was a little thing that kind of went under the radar for me and that um there was allusions to interactions with these craft that were and i quote david on this he said malevolent um people have died and interact with in with them um trying to communicate that kind of thing so yeah there, there's quite a few big headlines there right in the claims yeah
0: there's a lot and listen it's i've seen a lot of people say why isn't this bigger news than than what it is and i've seen other people say it's it's Been received in too big a way for what it is, so it's a fascinating, interesting way to see something that many people have waited for for a long time, still being received with that roller
1: coaster, depending on on where you sit on the UFO argument. It's it it made me think of um, I mean you're you're a football fan, so you'll you'll know about this kind of thing when you know a penalty is given you can have thousands of people all looking at exactly the same situation in terms yep. it in completely different ways, even though you have the video in slow-mo, you know?
0: Fortunately, and this will only be relevant to a very small minority on the podcast listening, my team didn't give away any penalties last year, which caused a bit of a stir, Dan, but that's for a whole other conversation and another <laughs> time. And if you enjoyed that comment, then thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> the um, That'll get a few messages, I'm sure of it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so David Grush is a senior intelligence community officer uh till i mean april as as recent as april he was in the role in the job um he has essentially done a very similar thing to, to what Luella Zondo done where he's come forward and talked about what he knows or knew about ufos uaps to leslie ralph ross koulter um the ross Coulthard interview sorry for jumping all over here but this is the way it's kind of came out ross Coulter interview was recorded back in may um Actually, dave Grush. Grush. I wanted. I was almost said Grohl. First there, different Foo Fighter. <laughs> um, David Grush, um, senior intel community officer, very high ranking. He basically delivered briefs to the president of the United States. That was part of his job role. He had access, and this is important, to hundreds of special access programs and the documents classified documents and this is where essentially he's if i'm getting this right dan has has gathered the information that's led him to believe there is a ufo program highly compartmentalized really top secret but we have bits of craft a full craft bodies and like you say potentially interactions as well he has said and i think it's really fair to put this right up front he's not seen pictures or videos of any of this and it's just from seeing the documentation which he has also claimed he has given some documentation to Congress that he has managed to put this together. So we're not getting photos, we're not getting videos, but we do have a whistleblower on record who's talking to Congress, who's came out, being interviewed. This, this is a massive story, regardless of of where it goes. This is quite a big thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, they're uh... There are legal consequences if David is lying about any of this. We're talking, you know, $10,000 fine. We're talking jail time. Um, a lot of man hours have gone into investigating this from the inspector general side. So it's just a of waste of resources if he's not being fully honest here. And just to add, the part of the reason that he was privy to those documents and this testimony from witnesses who were apparently in the programs is because he was hired by the UAPTF um and he was involved there so many years ago you know when when arrow was first streamed up before the days of aimsog and after the days of atip (laughs) i'm I'm right in saying it was it like 2021
0: to 2022 so he was again obviously we know the task force was recent but it this is, I think, important to get across that this isn't someone coming out who was in one of these things 10, 20, 30 years ago. No. This is like, now. this is the stuff we've been talking about the last couple yeah. of years. This you, is one done, of the guys who's
1: in the background. You've done well to draw the parallel to Lou, I think. You know, he, this is a guy that was very, very recently involved with this stuff, kind of saying, this is what I was told. This is the information I passed on that was sensitive. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people out there kind of say, well, if it's classified, how can he speak about it? Um, and as always, Deedean Johnson and Tim McMillan are doing stellar work out there, kind of explaining the the policies and things behind. Um, and they, they basically point out, you know, unless he's talking about specific techniques like sensors, program names, people that he was working next to... Um, there's he he's not breaking an oath there might be a separate nda that he signed to kind of blanket cover everything but we know that's what was covered in the ndaa that he was cleared to you know if he if anyone ever signed a nda so many acronyms um Mm. to not talk about these programs uh they they can talk about them this is the wiggle room as long as they're not super specific in public they're fine the classified information has gone to the right people and Tim, even in... So there's a series of articles on the debrief kind of going into background checks and things like that that they did behind this that are really extensive. highly recommend people read them where they basically explain, um, you, you know, they they did all the background on these people. Uh, David is who he says he is. He did have the access that he said he did. That's important. Uh, he is, he is yeah. the guy. He's not lying about his role. No. Um, and... There were people who vouched for him that are both active and finished in government. But there's there's this nice big vague statement in the middle of it. And it's purposely vague because they can't say the names. David can't share the names. But this information is supposedly corroborated to people who are able to access this information, i.e. lawyers for the committees and things like that, um, by people who are still active in the programs. And we're not just talking Eric Davis, that would be a singular person, um, mm-hmm. and the usual folk that we'd see. Um, we're talking new faces, new people. Um, they, There was a great moment in the background check where Tim was explaining that the accusation is kind of, that this program is so embedded in the government that essentially if you were working on UAP, chances are you're working in a different special access program and they've just given you a piece of material and said hey throw this into your analysis and have a look at this and then they'll get the data back and you know there's no defined easily findable UAP program it's all kind of scattered throughout all these other special access programs.
0: this is like when they're making a new iPhone and one company makes a part of it a different company makes another part of it another company makes a different part of it and they don't necessarily know on the production line they're working on the new iPhone 15. No they just know they're building a part of something for something and then they ship
1: it off and someone else does the work on it um yeah yeah so and so that, when when we get you know congress members saying oh we've not seen any evidence of this program cool according to the witness you wouldn't have yeah, This, this not, would have been not hard to see <laughs> exactly yeah.
0: and it's similar again i know that was one of the big things is oh it's been approved by the dod so it's true that's i mean we've got to be fair here and we, we try and be fair with this stuff i hope that comes across that we're not saying because of David Grish's position and he's been allowed to come out, that means it's automatically all true. Whether we believe it or not, we'll get into. But that's the same as that. I've got the Skinwalker, uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon book. That Perfect. was approved by the DOD. That isn't automatically proof that dino beavers are real. They probably are. But, you know, it's, it's just the <laughs> fact is that they are allowed to put it out because it doesn't hurt national security. This guy coming out on TV and saying, yes, aliens are real, essentially, still, there's no... There's no proof or any damage to national security from the point of view of he he still can't technically prove it on TV. He's not holding up pictures of him kicking about S four, you know, or Grim Lake saying, "Here's me with one of the bodies," or yeah, here's a sign, yeah, or he's not coming out and going, "Here's my phone with the extended gimbal footage which I filmed on on." Yeah, he's not doing that. He's no. just saying I've seen it, and he can't actually to the public prove that and he also said as much that there's certain things he can't go into which are classified um yeah yeah it's exactly. important what's important is though there's still more to come with this because he recorded like i say with ross coultart uh, and bryce Sable who was there to, to observe uh back in may and he's recorded for a total of seven hours with ross now that has aired in very small snippets so far on news nation uh the the news channel
1: and the full thing should be going out is it this sunday So we've kind of gotten in between. So we've had the snippets, which are a teaser for a documentary going out this Sunday, which will have more extensive interviews with him. But once that is, that's like an hour long. The rights for the full seven hours of interview go back to Ross- Okay. And Ross has said he's dedicated to being able to share the full thing. So those seven hours, as long as it will be, uh, are going to be well worth the time spent. I'm sure we'll get a bunch of clips and things like that from it. 8,032
0: uh, TikToks, something like that, yeah. yeah, Um, for the TikTok generation. But yeah, that, that will all come <laughs> out, and, and Ross will want to get that out as well. Um. So yeah, so important so far. David Grish, senior Intel community member, has come forward, active as recently as April, ha- has whistle blown for lack of a better term on the record that he knows given the documentation he was privy to the u.s government is in possession of retrieved non-human technology exotic technology stuff we know is essentially alien um been approved by the dod to do the interview and has had a- access to over 200 200 saps uh, special access programs as part of his role and gave daily briefings to the president cool so that's where we're up to if you hadn't heard it that's where we're at if you had heard it that's a hopefully a, a, a nice concise summary in no uncertain terms this whole instant is discussing non-human uh, technology or non-human intelligence it's big because he's not minced his words it's literally he's <laughs> no. coming out and saying this is what it is Ross Coulthard um called a few things out on his interview and some of the first questions that came up was and we love the debrief uh with tim mcmillan micah hanks all the folks associated with the debrief yeah um can say friends of the show friends of ours we speak to them regularly um that's still not the new york times that's not you know the mail on sunday that's not cnn it's not fox it's not sky news not bbc it's not al jazeera all these huge networks the debrief is is wonderful but it's still a niche site they got do you see how many impressions they got dan
1: for the article well i remember the website crashed like multiple times throughout yeah. the day uh, but go on how many hits per second so, probably they've given well
0: I, I i didn't see that but i know it got 2.2 2 million hits in a pretty short space of time
1: i mean one good for them congratulations yeah. guys they work hard
0: yeah, that's, you know, that's that's up there with big breaking news stories around the world that major organizations have huge servers for that kind of stuff. These these guys yeah. don't. Um, So it it was a big story and it makes it made a lot of people question why have the New York Times passed up on it? Why did the Washington Post pass up on it? And I'll quote Ross Coulthard here, gutless cowards that's my best Australian for the moment <laughs> that was um, and that is a direct quote um but he said that on a, is is a need to know podcast with Bryce Zabel um I recommend and the links will be in this description to go and check that out and to go and read the article this is their work this is their piece go and make sure you do that uh, please because they deserve the credit for it um that New York Times and Washington Post essentially from what we've seen required more time before they would publish it they wanted to do further vetting on the story but leslie kane and ralph blumenthal have since came out and said uh, in a joint statement because it literally was the same word for word statement they were they were
1: under pressure uh have they said why yet no there's not been any illusions is the thing there's there's it's been said that the whistleblower was pressuring them that they had to or david himself was pressuring them to kind of go for it
0: i've heard i've heard that that he was basically yeah under that's yeah the, the, the why
1: of it though um, there's no real reason given. You know, he he's filed two hygiene complaints here. Um, so there's the one with all the information, but then there's also a an anti-reprisal one um where he's trying to protect himself because some people are making starting to make his life uncomfortable. So it could be to do with superiors pressure in him and things yeah. like that. Um, but there was also a little thing that came up yesterday where Stephen Greer came out saying that he'd be mentoring this guy and uh we got a statement through through uh, you know, some friends. Um, from david where david basically said no you know i i haven't been mentored by greer and so on and so forth so part of me wonders did he feel pressured because he was going to be represented publicly by steven greer and his story was going to be represented there that for a lot of people takes the wind out of you know its sails when when greer is presenting things Mm. so that could have played a part here as well yeah
0: a lot of what I've said here Dan has been approved by Christopher Mellon himself um, that, <laughs> that's not true but that's essentially uh, what Stephen Greer tried to do with David Grush um, it sounds like because he very quickly distanced himself from that whole situation uh, and we'll touch on that at the end because um, Stephen Greer's got uh, an event coming up this weekend which still interesting timing nonetheless um, yep. coincidental or not uh, but that that was announced a few weeks ago but yeah David Grush very much seemed to get a little bit of pressure or a lot of pressure that the stigma might be reducing, but the risks are still there for people. You know, I've not actually seen yet if David Grush has a, a family um, relatives, if he is just, you know, kind of lone, lone ranger type guy out there on his own doing this, but, that there are still risks and the people who and this goes for influence influencers or youtubers or podcasters or journalists that i i got on well with respect or watch who claim these people just need to come forward we deserve to know that that still those people that have the risks on this and they do have families and you know futures and careers to think about when, when they're coming forward with this so it's not as easy as that still and I think David Grush has at least been, and I hate using the term brave, but it is a brave thing to go forward just to talk about the UFO subject on any media platform like this. Um, but he certainly had the right people with Leslie, Ralph and Ross leading the way to, to help him do that. Um, we we just to, an, Sorry, go on. I, 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 I want to just expand <laughs> on that a little bit more though. Um, Ross Coulter did say on Need to Know that there have still been terrible things done by people to protect this secret in the name of national security and criminal charges must be brought onto individuals so that's again probably still some very recent things we have talked in the past dan about going back 20 30 40 50 years you can't be pulling people in their 90s now who worked on programs back in the 60s to hide the ufo secret and bringing criminal charges on them it's a waste of time it's pointless however if there are people losing their lives potentially in modern day because they threaten to come forward about this kind of stuff then that's that's a whole different story and yeah. that's potentially and this is just speculation we don't know but that's potentially
1: what a david grush is is risking here yeah 100 um it, it's clear that he feels compelled to tell what he sees as the truth you know and when i say that i don't mean to be like squirmy like Kirkpatrick. i just mean he's sharing his experience so that it can be investigated which is what we want right we want congress to investigate these things how that pans out we don't know until we get the report so as always with these things you know we like to say hold hold it lightly take it seriously um but this is a big step forward this is this is almost like if uh you know eric davis had uh you know been deposed by wilson and kind of got all those in that those bits of information you could almost look at this like a you know um uh, the the grush tapes or something like that you know the grush ammo except this comes with him you know grush hour Rush Hour, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, th- this comes with weight, you know? Um, everyone involved did the due, due diligence. Um, you know, Leslie and Ralph did it, but then Tim and the team at the debrief kind of double and triple checked everything that was being said to make sure these people are being represented properly. And it, it's not just... You know, David blowing the whistle here as well. Jonathan Gray, which is a pseudonym for someone still in government, literally says in the article that it's no longer necessary to deny that these advanced technologies derived from non-human intelligence exist at all, or to deny that these technologies have landed, crashed, or fallen into the hands of human beings. So that's an active service member working at NASIC, um, telling us the same thing. So it's a kind of it's getting to the point now where it's smoke, where there's smoke this fire, right? uh we've kind of been here for a while there's a lot of fingers being pointed and for me this is this is a sign that congress again what they want out of that kind of whistleblower protections they put in the ndaa this is a step forward it's not disclosure but it's another baby step forward right
0: I'd like to thank Laird Superfood for sponsoring this episode. My nutrition has changed a lot over the last year since I decided to look after myself a little bit more, not just for me, but my family too. One constant though, is my coffee, and you'll know I'm a big coffee lover. It's not just part of my morning, but my daily routine. Laird Superfood and their creamers have been a bit of a game changer for me in taking my coffee game to a whole new level. It's the perfect way to not only fuel your morning, but your whole day with organic, natural, plant-based ingredients and for me as a diabetic there is no sugar from highly refined corn syrup there's also a huge variety of snacks baking mixes and protein options for you to try all made with plant-based ingredients to keep you charged for whatever life takes you are you ready to feel more energized focused and supported go to lairdsuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunset to sunrise use promo code that ufo at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today Let me read a quote from Ross Coulter, again from the Need to Know podcast from this week. Again, go listen to it. Go watch it, folks. Um, This is the beginning of a very important moment in history. Not the moment, but a moment. It's a tipping point towards a slow-moving admission from the US government about things that seem unimaginable. And I think that's pretty much word for word. Any paraphrasing, it shouldn't lose any meaning. Um, Do you think that's right, Dan? Because um, if I look at this from all sides, it's for me, and I, I don't think we've totally expressed our opinions yet. It's really exciting. I think it's quite a big deal. I'm surprised this has happened as quickly than anonymous folks coming forward first. Um, I think where this could lead, and we'll get back to this, is is probably bigger than the story itself, because if David Grush has handed in documents, classified documents, to Congress, showing locations of programs people who work on programs what those programs were where they're located you know congress can act on that and that can be the bigger thing because suddenly they were looking for a needle in a haystack but what david grush may have done is chopped out 95 percent of that haystack and went look here
1: yeah, 100%. Like, uh, th- those NASA panelists should now kind of, their ears should be perked up and they should be going, what? We have material. Okay, let's let's skip the science we were talking about on the panel the other day and let's get a bit in that material. Let's talk to some of those people who were in those programs and working on different stuff because those scientists can probably have a really good idea of the implications of those things. They can derive knowledge from what was being worked on, you know, and apply it. They don't need to see the whole craft and the whole caboodle to, to do that. So this is a really interesting moment. It could be a leapfrog moment, you know? Yeah.
0: So let me ask you, Dan, reasons to be cautious on this, Okay, So cautious hat on for a moment. Why would anyone still look at this story and think, right, Okay, hold up. Hold up um, for the song. Why why (laughs) would you not want to run 100 miles an hour with this one, with the whole, oh, here's disclosure, this is it?
1: So essentially, what we have is someone telling us stories. Now, he's put himself out there and he's, you know, been deposed and kind of testified in front of lawyers. He's been sworn in to do this. There's there's no real incentive for him to lie here. But that doesn't mean that he 100% isn't, right? Uh, we, we have to kind of be cautious there. The the two things that were held as kind of making it a big deal was that DOPSA process that you mm-hmm. already pointed out, that Skinwalker book behind you went through as well. Um A thumbs up to talk about this stuff publicly does not mean that the DOD agrees with what is being said. That's a different kind of ballgame. We also have the, the Inspector General saying that this was deemed credible and urgent to be investigated. Now, that, again, doesn't mean that they agree with what's being said. It means that they're agreeing this, if true, is big and it needs to be investigated. So... All of the big kind of, you know, the the authorities that people would appeal to, they're all kind of holding their tongue a little bit and, and saying, you know, we're going to investigate this. We're going to take it seriously. We're going to talk to all these people that David spoke to and look at what he's given us. Until we get that report, there's nothing really tangible for us to hold on to here. But this certainly generates a lot of conversation in the public sphere and gets these ideas out there. We've even seen The Guardian and The Telegraph and these kind of big really, you know, non-tabloid newspapers pick this up. So this is a really important part of the public conversation. But ultimately, until we have photos and videos and these people actually worked on these programs coming forward, uh, it's it's hard to kind of say, yeah, definitively this is the moment. Like Ross said, it's a moment as you said the guardian my uh notifications popped up on the
0: desktop and it was uh, reddit quoting the guardian ufo picture so it's a <laughs> nice nice timing um yeah i think ross himself on the podcast said that you know it's fair and very fair of ross to also say this because it's in the name of transparency and all that uh, david grush could turn around to the dod and say that he wanted to come forward with load the false allegations and technically could still be permitted you know not to say that that is the case but it was fair to ross to confirm that but i don't believe that is the case um several big outlets for me as well reasons to be cautious passing up on the story is a little bit of a hmm why would you not want this i'm sure they have their reasons that's still a ufo story not that they haven't published it in the past but i think there's also been various reactions and again like you say would uh, a major editor look at this and say yeah it's a senior official." But it's a story. Can you give me photos? Can you give me proof? And at the minute, no, because it's all classified. So they'll go. I have to pass on it. But I think on the flip side of that, reasons to be optimistic. Ross himself said, along with Leslie and Ralph, they spent a lot of time, like you said, checking David Grush's credibility. This is what folks have wanted. You know, whistleblowers out on record, and I can't think of any other journalists short of a a george knapp as well being able to bring folks like this forward and i know since there have been a few other people that i've messaged have said they've known about this for a few months themselves um if i remember james fox had said a few months ago he spoke to potential whistleblowers when he was in washington i wonder was dave grish one of those people you know potentially um but yeah i'm i'm optimistic on this but for me it's where this could lead still this isn't disclosure this isn't it and I hate to say it, but this is still something that in a couple of weeks, people aren't talking about anymore because it was just a thing that happened. And and to go back to what we said at the start, Dan, and I don't know if this was just my ignorance, although you said that you you agreed. Um, I When I saw this, it was like people blew up over it. And I was like, isn't this just what Lou Elizondo did? But Lou Elizondo worked on the program i get this guy was speaking to the president was doing the briefings had seen loads of documents potentially even more documents than lou would ever have seen but i I missed why this was so different and again feel free to get in touch folks and tell me or correct me on twitter or whatever it might be but yeah for me that was something where i was like ah, this seems this just seems like excellent backup and a, a refresh of that hear someone else come forward who's worked on this stuff very recently brilliant because people have been clamoring for lou to go back on socials and he is a little bit more active and be more vocal be more involved but yeah what if david grush is the next guy to get around some podcasts to you know go and do joe rogan because i'm sure rogan's ears have pricked up at this go and do those big outlets do those big interviews and talk about this in a big way so yeah, I've just waffled on that.
1: Yeah, no, I I mean, I totally agree with you there. You know, Lou, Lou was in ATIP. He probably had a few leads. Uh, the the UAPTF guys, we know that they were talking to kind of, you, you know, the previous team and getting some pointers and things. And Lou did say on a podcast before, you know, um, he alluded to knowing where the programs were and knowing where to kick the door down. And to. I, I think his words were, I wouldn't just break the door down, I'd rip the walls apart. So he, he knows where these programs is. So... I've got to assume that information was passed down the pipe to UAPTF um, and that they carried on investigating and kind of found all these leads. The interesting thing to me is that that information doesn't seem like it was passed to AIMSOG or Arrow because they've all kind of said, you know, the DOD statement from Susan Goff on this basically said Arrow has no credible evidence of, you know, these things that are being claimed. And people rightly pointed out, well, what about UAPTF? what about the other programs that you've been running? Um, It was a very cleverly worded statement to kind of avoid the question as always. Um, So I I think there's probably a few people with their hair on fire in the DOD running around trying to kind of put this fire out. Um, But it's been investigated, you know? People are given depositions. People are, you know, there are lawyers involved that aren't the usual faces that we're used Mm -hmm. to seeing. Um, Really heavy hitters that, you know, seem to have careers and they had careers as inspector generals in the past. So, this is this is to be taken seriously for sure but it's you know the snowball's being pushed down the hill and it just gained a bunch of width and you know material on it but it's still not the disclosure snowball no
0: um a lot more news outlets in the last 48 hours or 24 hours and last few hours even have started picking this up um even if it's just appeared on their website it wasn't before you know bbc started looking at it as well um i think as the week goes on how well received the full interview is that releases through news nation um, that could have a big impact on how much more the stories picked up on worldwide um where do you right now because there is still more to come this week where do you see this going like what's your kind of
1: gut telling you my gut's telling me to be cautious, you know. There's a weird aspect to this. It's kind of, uh, if it seems to be too good to be true, it usually is is kind mm-hmm. of a play in my head. Um, I'm trying not to get too excited, but it seems like it's generating conversation in the public sphere. And yeah. uh, David coming out and saying this publicly was kind of designed to do that, right? To get attention on this. Um, and we know from Lou's presentation that he spoke about the five pillars. One of them was public conversation. So... We we now have kind of a couple of pressure points in Congress, congressional officials being asked about this. Um, a number of them are saying, you know, this is incredible, but they weren't in the briefings. So we should see a whole bunch more statements being made by congressional members, by staffers, um, kind of maybe not bringing credibility to it, but at least credence that they're doing their due diligence and actually investigating this hopefully some people are going to start asking about all these other kind of whistleblowers that are being spoken about in the wings um ross did say that if they try to neutralize mr grush don't worry there's more coming so we could see you know essentially this story goes away and another guy comes out and then that story goes away and another guy comes out we're just rolling now the 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 train is going as we like to say
0: yeah i'd like to think this breakdowns part one and part two will be out next week um discussing Discussing, an hour (laughs) yeah yeah discussing that um i want to read an email dan at the minute from uh, nathan one of the listeners got in touch uh, quite quickly after this all dropped and so many of you did so sorry if i've missed anything but i am getting back to people slowly uh nathan says um, I just wanted to provide some American civics context to today's whistleblower announcement. This Dispatch article seems coordinated with Chris Mellon's political article from over the weekend, Indeed. and the two articles seem timed for release at a time when the news cycle and the agenda of the US Congress are both empty. Congress just passed a requisite debt limit bill over this past weekend and doesn't really have anything on its plate until the funding bills at the end of autumn. Moreover, most members of Congress will start up their re election campaigns around that same time, after which, very little will get done in Congress until the new members are sworn in in 2025. The drop on this whistleblower seems very deliberately timed to make it a priority for Congress this summer before any other major events fill that space. We have a public whistleblower saying he's given information about recovered vehicles to Congress. If he was able to say publicly, then every member of the committee who received those reports should be able to confirm if they received and if they believe them to be factual. Looks to me like there's an intentional effort to get that to happen this summer, If it doesn't, and I'm sure there are factions who will work to stop it, I'm afraid this disclosure project involving Elizondo, Mellon, Nolan et al should be set back, or could be set back until at least after the 2024 elections. Exciting times regardless, stay well. I like that sentiment at the end because yeah, regardless of what you think, exciting stuff. Uh, Thanks to Nathan. But I don't think that's totally unfair, is it? That the timing, it's this summer, we've kept hearing this summer, we've kept hearing June, July hearings, whistleblowers, big statements, And if it doesn't happen now, I think we we mentioned this, didn't we? Where would we be at the end of the summer if nothing happens? Then it it makes sense that there may be a gap. And I think, and I hate to say this, there's always that, the war in Ukraine, the tensions with Russia, the US and China that could overshadow this. And people, some people listening might go, aliens, UFOs, non-human technology. How can that overshadow,
1: be overshadowed by a war? Because it would because it's people... more it's more immediate right like it's on the doorstep of people it's affecting them now as opposed to this you know and unless sh- unless the visitors come out with the disclosure which isn't likely yeah. you know uh it'll just be a bit of knowledge versus people being killed people losing their homes
0: <laughs> do you know dan that i might have come up with one of my favorite analogies just literally there do you know what that reminds me of is like do you remember in batman forever one of the great batman movies when uh, right at the start, and it was one of the most horrible moments in any Batman film, but it rings true, is when the Two-Face breaks into the circus and kills Robin's parents. And he says, I want to know who Batman is. And Val Kilmer, in the middle of the crowd, stands up and starts shouting, I'm Batman! I'm Batman! Harvey, I'm Batman! But no one notices. And they're all just running about, scared, fleeing for their lives. (laughs) I like this. And (laughs) there's Batman shouting, here, I'm Batman! Yoo-hoo, it's me! And no one knows, no one can hear, and it just passes that's it and it, that's it so you've got you know the aliens they're going yeah yeah okay we're here but everyone else is going ah oh, ukraine oh no global economy's crashing apple's new headset's out ah so yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I, th- I think that's really pertinent and most importantly i can now put batman in the tags for when people search this show <laughs> another important point with this is uh essentially what we were saying about gillibrand after the hearings where we were kind of saying that she wasn't really following up with any hard-hitting questions and things like that we've learned with this that she would have heard all of this testimony. So you've got to wonder where were those questions to Sean Kirkpatrick about investigating the these kind of claims. They weren't brought up. And so I feel suddenly like this info is being sat on um by some of the faces that we kind of see publicly talking about UAP and and that's a that's a little red flag for me. I, I you know, wondering if some of politicians that are a bit more dedicated to using this as a as a vote issue as opposed to an issue they care about you know I hope it's not the case but there's a little part of me that's just like yeah that was weird they they really should have brought that up with Kirkpatrick when he said there's no credible evidence Well, what about David what about this you know
0: yeah for me this is a, a big one that can either be fully given the green light thumbs up by those in congress to say you know thanks for coming forward true hero true patriot this this has been very helpful or it needs to be shot down as why it's utter nonsense because even if one thing he said is correct and true about all of this in relation to ufo stuff not that his name is david grush and he worked in the intel <laughs> office, you know, that's that's by the by but then that's not that it's fine but that's all we need because it's that whole thing of you know it just takes one case to be correct yeah um if he had been fed a lot of disinformation deliberately because of the role he was in it just takes one of those things to give the congress a lead to to go forward with this um Someone's just mentioned on, on Twitter, I've noticed that it was a flashback for them when, when I spoke to Ross a few months ago, and he talked about the US military stealing a fully intact UFO from under gunpoint from the Mexican army. So sure. it was left, do you remember that, with the lights on and the door yes, open Yes, I do. Um, and I even I remember, was it Ross on, was it when he was speaking to Sean Rash, and he said, people will say soon, oh, Roscoe, the things you knew.
1: Yeah. Do you want to say it in unison? Oh, Roscoe, the things you knew. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, that may have been before and after, or even ab- about that same time, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair point. I asked people, Dan, um, have you got any other points you want to make on this quickly? Because I'm just going to find a tweet. I'd like to thank Liquid IV for sponsoring this episode. Folks, you've heard me bang on about my own health and fitness journey the last year or so and how it's true that by looking after yourself, you just feel better. Staying hydrated is key to having the energy to get through your daily routine feeling good. That's where Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you may be missing in that daily routine. Eating and drinking healthy can sometimes be boring, but the range of flavours offered by Liquid IV takes care of that with lemon and lime, pina colada, and tropical punch among some of the best, though I'm particularly fond of the strawberry lemonade. Just one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone, containing five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of premium sports drinks and it's non-GMO and gluten-free, dairy and soya free to get 20 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code that ufo at checkout that's 20 percent off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code that ufo at liquidiv.com uh no
1: oh, I, I guess well, i mean awful. there's there's so much to talk about with it you know we, we could almost go till we're blue in the face here <laughs> um yeah but ultimately it's it's how, how credible do you think this is? And, and it's going to vary for everyone. You know, for some people, this will be enough to say this is disclosure. And for other people, it's still not enough. Um, but I've seen a lot, of, a lot of scientists and personalities on Twitter picking this up that haven't previously spoken about it. So it's interesting that this is causing such a public wave. And especially that a lot of the publications who passed on this story are now picking it up because it's getting traction, you know, whether yeah. it's for clicks or not uh the point is the the wood is spreading right
0: yeah um, ross Kiltar's interview is out this sunday 9 p.m. 9 p.m pacific 8 p.m central um ross said himself on twitter i regard this as the most important interview i have ever recorded what david grish will reveal on news nation is shocking and demands action from congress big letters we are not alone um i asked on the Twitterverse, verse dan uh so where Twitter are we all yeah where are we all where are all we at folks i uh, had a busy day i'm just looking for some summary and your thoughts on how this is all playing out um interestingly the first person who replied was jack sarfati um who who'd retweeted <laughs> one of his own tweets and uh thank you for that hey, jack <laughs> yeah hi um Strafe Wilson said, I would have liked Ross to have stopped the interview and directly asked him which other countries, because if it's only friendly countries and not Russia, then potentially a ruse. Uh, fair enough. Klaus, it's still cryptos. Thanks, Claire. <laughs>
1: Thank <laughs> there you, there wasn't Just to touch on that while, while we're talking about Klaus, there was oh, a, a yep. little news thing yesterday with Lee, Lee Berger, uh, or Berger, uh, sorry, butchered your surname, Lee. Berger. Um, Berger. Berger. Um, presenting a bunch of the findings from the cave that would kind of beyond what what was available when Klaus was talking. And essentially, they they found that these humans, one, smaller brains still used fire, but it seemed like they were taking fire down into the caves whilst they were using tools to dig and to do actual proper burials for people, Mm -hmm. which is, we're talking hundreds of thousands of years earlier than our kind of previous case for that, as well as they found kind of inscriptions in the walls. So they think that humans were communicating much earlier with symbols and language and things like that. And if you're going into like these caves that you had to crawl through to get in, there's got to be communication there to stay safe. So the implication is that there was a species like us that wasn't us that was using language and was much further ahead of the curve. So you got to wonder what that would look like if some of those stayed around and maybe built technology before we did. Interesting.
0: Um, some of those sentiments are echoed as well on, on Twitter. I won't read all the comments. There was about 100, but um, Nathan says, it feels like the start of something new. Need to ride the wave of publicity and make actions on the hill a reality. And I think we've both echoed that it's what happens off the back of this, which can be big because very, very easily in a couple of weeks time, we could all be saying what happened with that. Yeah, nothing. You know, yeah. there's still been things like to the stars giving the US government a piece of alleged crash material and it all just went quiet. There, there still have been those moments where things have looked like they were heating up and it's just gone quiet or cold or for whatever reason, something comes out. So you do have to be fair. Um uh, Montana said still like the extra tempestual hypothesis. Uh, Michael Masters on the podcast in a few weeks. Uh, Jamie says, I see this only going one way capital D disclosure. Um, And three days ago i thought we were decades behind fair admission Uh, i don't know how we'll get out of this one like ryan graves said this is why congress set the uap hearings up to hopefully get this kind of info they have to act on it
1: so there's an act on it again And, Um, and just to touch on that there have been some comments from officials from congress members from committee members that hearings are in the planning there are going to be more hearings and they're the ones that we should hopefully see a couple of you know pilots and people that say they're in these programs testifying publicly about what they know as opposed to it just being you know arrow or aimsog people kind of moving the goalposts every two seconds i mean one of the pilots or one of the
0: craft would be fantastic wouldn't it but yeah. it really would yeah <laughs> if, if it has to be human then fair enough future um,
1: future, future day forever i think <laughs>
0: yeah. um gaz says sadly lots of words but frustratingly yet again no concrete evidence whistleblower or grandiosity i'm hoping the first fair comment because it's not totally untrue um Lilypad, she says, "I'm cautiously optimistic. This might be the catalyst that finally starts real disclosure. I think David Grush is very brave and a true hero for coming forward. And only hope he will come out of this okay. I believe others will be following in his footsteps." Lilypad, I have just opened up your tweet, and it is huge. So I'll cut that one off there. I uh, didn't realize you
1: you pay for the blue tech clip myself. So, L- you know, L- yeah. Lilypad did touch on something important there. It makes me think of you know when Stratton came out and there was harassment almost immediately from certain segments for the of the community. And whether you believe David Grush or not, you know, we touched on it with the NASA thing. Don't harass people. You you know, we want these people to talk about it. All we do if we do that is make sure that other people aren't coming forward to talk. So yeah, let's let's consider it a catalyst and hold it lightly and see where it goes. Yeah.
0: Oliver Wood said I could sum this up in a single sentence. We have shifted into next gear um jay says uh, jay mccabe i think archaeologists anthropologists and psychologists are going to have their work cut out um out for them for the next several decades and and thank you to everyone else who left a comment there are loads more on there if people want to go on and check that check that tweet from the
1: Twitterverse. did um, you um did you see that there was an article about uh virgin uh, space efforts their stock price actually went oh, up yeah. after this yep. news came out I, so, aggressively
0: apparently aggressively <laughs>
1: aggressively yeah. yeah so so we're already seeing this news affect markets you know this is this is but a small preview of what would happen if everything just came out on the table you know
0: absolutely um it's looking good news nations coverage, coverage has been quite substantial and i'm guessing news nation as a smaller Emerging news organization yeah. are enjoying the hits and the coverage and seeing that this is a pro um, a story worth getting on board with. Um, I, I spoke to a journalist from the the Glasgow Herald last week. Um, and the article was published. Um, Andy McGivern is the name of the person who's named in the article. Um, they got my surname badly wrong, but hey ho. Um, <laughs> it was really interesting speaking to her because the journalist she was quite new to having any interest in the UFO subject. And it was very much dipping our toe in the water conversation when we spoke. She was, very, you know, why is this, you know, happening? And what's been going on in the NASA stuff? And they're really looking for more and more information on it. Same today. I had BBC Five Live, one of the producers there phoned me, asking for a chat about this before I'm going to go on tomorrow and speak on Five Live for a short um, time in the morning. Um, but again, on the radio, they're, they're starting to ask, you know this ufo stuff what's happening because they're starting to see and this is because people listening to this are liking retweeting they're sharing articles they're talking to their friends about it online they're they're liking the stuff on facebook sharing it on instagram just having that chat and conversation and all of that makes a difference to the point journalists are literally going on and i've had journalists speak to me and quote random members of twitter to say i saw someone tweet this And it's not someone famous, no big celebrity, just someone on Twitter with 50 followers. And that's how a journalist came across it. So it really does make a difference when we say not just share the podcast, like the podcast, share someone's art, share an article. It does, in the grand scheme of things, make a huge, huge, huge difference to to folks looking for this information.
1: 100%. Um, and we've spoken before about, you know, this is all happening as we've got this massive connected world that, you know, we can immediately give gratification with a tweet or, you know, a Facebook post or something. New travels fast. And, and this is the result of that, you know, it's snowballing, it's spreading, it's hitting so many different countries at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting that so many new people are looking at it. Speaking of new people looking into the UFO topic
0: and doing great work, Dr. Stephen Greer, Dan, this weekend has Disclosure 2.0. Uh, the return of disclosure, um this time it's personnel, yeah, hey, yeah, 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 there we go, um <laughs> be you or be serious, I don't know something like that um what do you make of Dr. Greer because obviously we've seen this statement come out from Dr. Greer claiming he mentored David grush David Grish has then come out and said, utter nonsense, so you know believe who you want there, um I'm just presenting the the information people can take out to that what they will. That that's pretty damning for Stephen Greer, isn't it? And then he's got this conference, which, to be fair, I still don't know a whole lot about, and I don't know if you do either, as to what this is meant to be for. All we've heard is that it's going to involve whistleblowers, it's going to involve testimony, and it's like, well, like what? Because here's here's someone come forward and look how much duress they have been under to put this out in an official way, and look how it's blown up online, whereas Dr. Greer... Has arranged a conference and is he going to march out
1: five other whistleblowers like David Grush who have all just waited for Steven's conference? Exactly. And and we've got to wonder as well what kind of checks has Stephen Greer kind of made on, on the people that he's he's platforming. When Ones with dollars. Has- <laughs> Probably, you, you know, we, we have Tim and the team at debriefing Leslie and Ralph and, you know, there's so much background tracking going on here, they almost can't believe it themselves that these things are being said. And they, you know, just presenting the information after confirming these people are who they say they are. With Stephen Greer, we know that he'll speak to someone at a dinner table and awkwardly mention UFOs and then call it a briefing. So how much weight is it actually going to bring his past efforts with the National Press Club hearings, you know, the mock disclosure hearings, were, were great. But you've got to wonder if we've just moved past that now, you know? We're, we're no longer in the realm of, oh, hey, let's have a bunch of UFO people meet in a room and talk. And we're now into the realm of, yeah, this guy's to- out there talking about non-human intelligence on better platforms and dissociating with people like Greer. Um, That, for a lot of people, brings credibility. So, yeah, you got to wonder what what's what's the use for it? I mean, I'll, I'll still watch what Gria has to present and wonder, but... Is everyone they going to be like Anjali, or is everyone there going to be like David? Right? Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And oh god, for
0: the love of god, I'm even should I even say this for the fear of upsetting someone again, like happened in the past. But you know, on on the day this all dropped, I was people had asked about putting out a podcast, and it would have happened had our schedules been much better. But I was going to just put out a breaking news one anyway. I wanted to just get out there for people who hadn't seen the news, quick five ten minutes. But then even thinking that, I was like, this is leslie kane ralph blumenthal's article this is ross Coulter and bryce Abel's podcast an interview they have done the work they should be getting the credit at least on that day let them have it otherwise you just end up potentially watering down where people should be looking and it was important and i'm still telling you if you have not watched or read that yet if you're listening to this and some of you will be thanks for that right for some reason you like listening to us go and still watch ross and bryce's podcast listen to them talk about it and discuss it and go and read the article of course from leslie and ralph as well because those are the folks that have done the work then listen to people like us talk it down review it break it down um and i think it's just important like you say and you make that point that right now this really does need to be the focus and whether that's skeptics debunkers hardcore ufo investigators people from MUFON, journalists everything in between this really needs to be the focus because it's quite a meaty thing to to be there and like you say do we need that right now if i announced you know this weekend uh 9 p.m 8 p.m central i'm going to do a live stream and i'm going to get a few um people on who claim to have been in antarctica and who needs the whistleblower don't watch David Grush's thing listen to me talk about this it's just capitalizing on a big thing and I don't know if Stephen Greer's conference like you say is necessarily required right now let's be fair coincidental timing wise I doubt he knew this was coming out yeah absolutely unless unless he was mentoring David Grush and David (laughs) told him um There's another
1: coincidence as well in that this week's episode of Skinwalker Ranch has Jay Stratton, who was head of the UAPTF when David was involved with it, um, appearing on the ranch, and supposedly there's a a melt sphere that appears in the episode. I've yet to see it. But again, coincidental timing, you know, these things tend to happen. But you're you're absolutely right. You know, Stephen Greer doesn't bring more credence to this. More people kind of just saying, I'm a whistleblower, doesn't bring more credence to this. It's the surrounding circumstances around what David is saying, the fact it's being investigated, the fact that he testified under oath um, and was deposed for, you know, so many hours. And we've already seen Ross's interview is really extensive and he's asking really direct questions. Um, This this needs to stand on its own two feet as people digest really what it means, because there's a lot do you know
0: what's really really interesting so Stephen greer's tweet um actually he tweeted an hour ago uh i say he tweeted someone tweeted from Stephen greer's account dr greer met with this whistleblower picture of david grush in march 2022 in culpeper virginia and has been providing him with information about facilities and operations here's some links of all the people and james i who I've spoken to and who is a big proponent of Dr. Stephen Greer, especially in the past, he's just tweeted saying, it's always all about Greer. Messiah Complex on full display. Please please be mindful when seeing this kind of attention-seeking and messaging. Take an honest look at David Charles Groose's credentials and ask yourself, does this man need Stephen Greer's assistance? Absolutely not. And that, that's very well put from, from James Iandoli. Yeah. Whether and, you and... like Stephen Greer or not, he doesn't need to be getting involved in this. And that seems like a huge
1: attention grab. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We we don't need to give Stephen Greer a spotlight here. We need to be looking at what David's saying. Essentially, Greer is doing what we're doing, right? Um, David's already like a secondary source for, for a lot of this information because he didn't directly see it. If you're listening to us, we're a tertiary source, and it kind of dilutes from there, which is why people should absolutely go and listen to David talking. And even though that seven-hour interview will be long, It's worth people's time, you know? Um, We all notice different things in these things too. So, uh, you you know, someone out there could listen to it and pick up on something really important that no one else in the community came across. So yeah, always go to the sources as, as much as you can.
0: And you know what? To not end on a Greer bashing, it would have been interesting if Stephen Greer just came out and gave like a small video or short video of his actual genuine thoughts on this rather than trying to get in there and see if if David Grush hadn't come out and very quickly poo-pooed the whole thing. It may have stood with some weight behind it, but it clearly doesn't because we're going to say David Grush isn't lying because that would be an odd thing to lie about. So, yeah, aye
1: yeah absolutely i'm looking forward to seeing david hopefully open up with a couple more interviews um but there's a remember when stratton came out and he started talking and it was at alien con uh yeah you know we, we had a conversation of does that platform in itself kind of dilute what he's saying um i feel like maybe david talking on greer's platform would have done the same thing so i'm glad yeah. that he stuck with leslie and ralph i'm glad that he stuck with the guys at the debrief many people may not know the debrief but you know, they're dedicated. They do stellar work and and they're a great bunch. So I'm excited for them and I'm excited to see where they take this. And there's
0: certainly a hell of a lot more people who know the debrief now after this today. Um, Dan, I think it's fair to say, but we'll wrap it there for for part one. one, Um, And can I just ask that people do go and check out the article? uh on the debrief.org. The interview on Need to Know with Ross and Bryce and also the News Nation piece, which is online as well. Um, and, and, and the, the background film. ones as well. Uh, but yes. all the links
1: we'll put in the description yeah, so yeah. you guys can read them.
0: Yeah. And Dan Fair to say this is a really fantastic jumping on point for a lot of people, including those in the media who who want to pick up on the UFO story. And it it really gives me the feeling that if this doesn't make them do it, I mean what will? Because this is, you know, this is looking like we'll frame it as hard facts and a senior member intelligence official came out blown the whistle we've got ufos we've got bits of them we've got bodies you know the stuff's there we could just have to go and find it and he can tell congress where it is if they don't get involved now then it literally has to be aliens on the white house lawn before they start (laughs) reporting on it yeah is that fair
1: enough i i would say that's fair this is a much more realistic slow roll of disclosure, you know, going for the receipts and the checks and balances as opposed to just these big dramatic sweeps that probably won't ever happen like crash material on the White House lawn.
0: And to quote a very, very, very good movie that I've seen very recently and it blew me away, To Be Continued that is all for this episode thank you very much for tuning in don't forget to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform Apple and Spotify do make a huge difference to the algorithm if you're checking the show on YouTube please don't forget to like and leave a comment on here as well any sharing you do is very much appreciated on any social media platform and finally you can listen to shows ad free and sponsor free in their glorious full versions by subscribing for less than the price of a coffee on Apple, Spotify just search That UFO Podcast Premium, YouTube. You can sign up and be a member, or you can do that through Patreon.com. Thank you very much for listening, folks.
1: It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and
0: I'd like to thank Wongo Puzzles for sponsoring this episode. My house is filled with all sorts of jigsaws, shape games and puzzles. Definitely a favourite of the family. A very welcome addition to those has been Wongo Puzzles. If you're looking to try something new and exciting, then pick up a custom-designed, unique, handcrafted puzzle from Wongo Puzzles. It's the perfect balance of good fun and a challenge. Even the folks in Congress who couldn't work VLC media player during live UFO hearings would be able to give it a go. They are 100% wooden puzzles. They will last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. Personally, I'm a big fan of the snow globe puzzle. Gives you that all-year-round festive feeling, and you'll see what I mean if you pick that one up. What are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick up your puzzle today and be sure to use the promo code THATUFO to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use the code THATUFO to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now.